What is going on, everyone? Mike O back with another episode of Hobby Talk. I appreciate you taking some time out of your day to listen to the show. Joined today by someone that I think you will instantly recognize. Hello, friends. Those back pages here. I hope you're well. What's up, Eric? How you doing today? Good, Mike. How are you? I'm doing all right. I appreciate you joining this episode of Hobby Talk. It's a long time coming. Should have had you on much sooner, but you obviously bring a ton of knowledge and experience in the hobby, and I think that's something that everyone's going to enjoy. Well, thank you. I'm glad to be here. Definitely appreciate it. Now, the baseball season is just wrapped up. Time of this recording shortly after the Los Angeles Dodgers win the 2020 World Series. I want to give a shout out and congratulations to a fine member of the YouTube sports card community, huge Dodgers fan. In fact, sometimes on the field over there in LA when they're playing, of course, the World <laughs> Series took place in Arlington. Pepino man, congratulations. I know you've been waiting a while to see your Los Angeles Dodgers hoist that trophy. And your boy, Corey Seager, who you've been screaming yep. out three times, uh, <laughs> NLCS and World Series MVP, I think the eighth player in big league history is what I saw to accomplish that feat. So congrats to Pepino, man. Yes. Congratulations, Cesar. So, Eric, we got a few things to discuss today, and we'll talk about the hobby. But starting with the World Series a little bit, at least from a general uh Sure. General kind of conversation. Obviously, I would say championships are much more meaningful for athletes in terms of like valuations or how people perceive them, at least in the card market. It seems to me, maybe I'm wrong, but the NFL, Super Bowls, and NBA. Baseball, not so much. But of course, you know, playing in the World Series does give you more national exposure. More general baseball fans will you know, see you play, especially a year like this where teams didn't, well, they had a shortened season, of course, but also teams kind of played the same group of teams over and over again. They didn't expand from coast to coast. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, Clayton Kershaw, you know, any baseball fan's going to know who he is, future Hall of Famer. He gets his title. His prices have been kind of up and down in the last few years in terms of rookie cards and that gem mint 10 that so many covet. Do you think this kind of pushes him a little forward, or do you think the fact that he's a pitcher will just kind of keep him at a more moderate level in the hobby? Um, I, I think it's fair to say that him being a pitcher will, you know, maybe rein in it a little bit, but he should, he, theoretically, he should see a little bit of a bump. I mean, it, it's, you know, welcome to 2020. A lot of strange things have happened, you know, after the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes didn't really see much of a bump initially. And then two, two months or so later he did. So it's with a lot of these guys, I, you know, I believe obviously with 2020 hashtag 2020 and everything that's going on, a lot of these prices have these championships almost baked in. That makes any sense. I think that plus probably now in this kind of new world of collecting and I kind of can't see it, but kind of air quotes, quotes, but the collecting (laughs) because so many, and there's plenty of, you know, kind of old school collectors out there, but there's so many people who are either just flipping or are collecting slash flipping. They're collecting until the price rises. 
I do right. feel like there's a lot of people that they kind of time it and they're like, oh, let's bombard the market now with these rookie cards. And I think that's what kind of keeps some of the prices at bay um, a little bit because you would assume, oh, the guy won a championship. They should get, you know, a ton of exposure and those prices should rise. Right. But if the supply is there, then they're still selling strong. Just the price isn't kind of rising with it. Right. I think you're going to see a lot of people that might be a little bit shocked how much prices don't increase initially, at least. Yeah, and I think with Mookie what? Betts, who wins another title, I mean, he already had his monster bump, you know, a few months ago with right. a Instagram yes. or Twitter post or whatever went on there. Um, right. But, of course, his stuff is still strong. But, you know, two guys that win a title who get that exposure, two stars. I think Corey Seager, he's actually a nice story. He's, he was the hot prospect to get back in, what, 2016? 16. Yeah. And then a few, you know, some injuries, a couple of tough years due to that. Kind of almost got forgotten yeah. in the hobby. I think I saw. Well, he missed. Yeah, he didn't play in the uh, the seventeen series at all. Yeah, and I think his twenty. I think I saw his rookie card. I remember like back around real spring training, first spring training. I remember right. for whatever reason looking one up, and they were like fifteen to twenty dollars for a PSA ten tops chrome and. I haven't yeah. looked lately, but I know at one point that it's you know popped up to like the eighty dollar range, which oh yeah, it's not fifteen anymore. It feels cheap. <laughs> eighty bucks feels cheap for a rookie now. Sometimes right. when you compare it to some right. of the other guys who have you know done a little less, but I mean Corey Seager showed in this postseason why right. you know people thought so highly of him. Yeah, and he was. If you think about it, he was like one of the the first of the new regard like the new regime dodgers you know you had seager then you had bellinger then you had lux you know they've just had a constant influx of new talent as far as rookies go and to some extent that can also work in the negative as far as the hobby goes it's like well you know why aren't my lux cards going up well you know while traditionally Dodgers, Dodger fandom has traditionally rather deep pockets as far as hobby dollars, there's still only so many hobby dollars. So you still have, you know, still have Kershaw, you know, Seager, Bellinger. So, I mean, how many guys, you know, are supposed to be super mega hot? I mean, you can only, it's really, it, it, honestly, it, I think, if, and you might disagree with me, but it's really rare to have definitely more than two hobby stars on one team. Uh, I don't even think you could say the Yankees, you know, and I'm not talking about the sixties. I mean, current day to have two is probably asking a lot. Three, probably impossible. You know, for the most part, at least in my opinion, each organization will have one hobby standout. Let's, you know, take the Braves, for example. It's Acuna. It's not Albies. You know, it's not uh, the kid, I can never pronounce his name, Bache. It's Acuna. That's the hobby is spoken in that regard. Could that change? Maybe, but it's unlikely. And, you know, unfortunately, that's, you know, the, the way that the world works right now. So how do you feel about that? 
You know, I've never really thought of it in that uh, way, but that's a pretty good point, and it makes a ton of sense uh, from a Phillies perspective. If I'm going to buy right. a current Phillies player, which one am I going right. to be most willing to put most of my money? It would be Bryce Harper. He's got another 10, 11 years left on his contract. He right. has a chance at the Hall of Fame. You know, you know, we'll, we'll see how he plays and if I, he, I how, think he's how healthy he is. But you have other players who, of course, a guy like Reese Hoskins, and there's other guys sure. that become the new kind of hot sensation. And then when they kind of don't continue at those same rates, that's where people kind of get scared. And, of course, there's a, you know, a ton of... Uh, ton of autos out there let's say a guy like Aaron Nola very good but right also from 2016 if you're going to put your money one way or the other you're going to go with the bigger of the stars so that obviously makes a lot of sense uh, not to say there can't be more guys on a team from time to time but usually I feel like that's a pretty good point that you right. know that fandom is going to choose kind of where to put their money and someone's going to become that standout st- star at least in the hobby because i know you've talked about it in right. the past there's there's baseball football you know whatever good sports and then there's good hobby versus good. sports card good right? yeah that's a big thing in my opinion now and harper yeah didn't harper just yeah he just turned 28 so you know he's three years older than hoskins i mean it you know, that's, and he's I probably guess that's, got you know two hundred home yeah. runs more or something. You know, right? Something exactly. Like that, maybe one seventy. I, mean, I, I, you know, I am personally a big, a big stickler for age. You know, I mean, everyone is so high on Randy, Rosarina, Rosarina. Thank you. But you know, he'll be twenty six in March. So, you know, where is the, where is the. I'm sorry, February. I had to look it up. So he'll be 26 in February. So where is the super huge upside? Now, I get it. If you're just buying today to sell tomorrow, excuse me, that's fine. But, you know, and the Rays, I guess, you know, not to go off on a tangent, but the Rays are, are like a, how do I describe this? They're like a less successful version of the Spurs. You know, they're about winning, the team winning. They're not about individual accolades. You know, they you know, they turn most of their pitches into openers instead of starters. Stuff like that. So they, they tend almost like the A's in that regard, because they'll tend to put the team ahead of ahead of individual accolades. So that you know, that's another strike against Randy personally. I think but it's I think- fun to see a guy take off and have an incredible postseason run. And really, I mean, he had a fantastic uh, September as well. Um, And I like the kind of like old school, like the top space rookies get hot and go for five, 10 bucks. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It's when you get into the color parallels, the autographs that suddenly start becoming 200 and $300 cards. I feel like that's where collectors are going to get hurt. If you spend five bucks on a base rookie card because you're excited because you're a Tampa fan, I don't think that's That's a big deal, but not a big deal from a long-term investing angle. 500 seems on an auto. Right. And I think, um, you know, the age thing, obviously he could go on and, become a hall of famer it's just it's so right. much less likely i mean we saw it a few right. years ago i've brought up this example in the past 
a few years ago, we ended up with Edgar Martinez, Mariano Rivera, Roy Halladay, and at age 26, 27, even 28, someone would have laughed at you if you said this guy's going to make the Hall of Fame. Sure. But that's such a small I mean, percentage of players guys. where that right. happens. It It's just less likely. And, and you, you think know, of the, the Paul Goldschmidt and stuff like that. Yeah, and you don't have to be a Hall of Famer to uh, be collected, but if you are sure, going to sure. think about the finances, financial aspects of the hobby and what you should or shouldn't or what you can maybe get at a much lower price in the future, that's definitely something you want to kind of consider. We are in Absolutely. you know the age of the goat where everyone – Everyone's the new goat, which seems to be a an ongoing <laughs> yeah, theme sometimes in uh you know the social media time where if you have a good week all of a sudden um, people are paying <laughs> so much attention to you not only as a player but in the card market of course as well so right. it's easy to kind of buy into that hype or get excited and kind of you know toss those outrageous bids in and such but yeah it's definitely something and... you have to think about uh, in the hobby I agree. The 2020 baseball season's come and gone, so I guess all the focus will be going towards football um, for pe- for a lot of people out there that are multi-sports collectors. Of yeah, we have, seven, week, seven weeks till the NBA. We're going to have a, a weird kind of NBA and NHL because it just it feels like they just end it because essentially they did, but uh, they'll be coming up again. So we're going to have kind of sports year-round, I guess. Not that all sports aren't year-round at this point anyway because you have all the off-season activities and free agency, and they've done a good job, uh, all sports really, of kind of capturing at least some level of attention to their fans uh, around the uh, year. And the same can be said for sports cards. Um, Mm -hmm. Wanted to touch on this real quick since we just talked about baseball. So sports cards, they release stuff all year. Flagship usually comes out in mid-February or so, I believe. Yeah, now, yeah. That's and changed from when we were kids. <laughs> yeah, it used to be out. Didn't it used to be out around, like, Christmas time? Thanksgiving, actually. Even earlier. In the late 80s. Yeah, shopping season. Thanksgiving, yeah. So now it's, you know, it kind of starts in February, and it just just keeps going. Bowman's Best, I think, is typically the last product that comes out, and it's like sometimes Christmas week, so it's super late. Uh, Tops Update. Tops Update has been a very sought-after product for in recent years. Oh, for sure. People loving it. In a, it's a big reason the flagship rookies have made a comeback. Uh, well, Tops because Update, of US, US 175. <laughs> yep. Tops uh, Update slated to come out, I believe, I think it's early November. I think it might yeah, be a week or two I away. Did. Yeah, I did hear that the first week in November. And we did have, uh, I posted and asked some people, you know, what are some things, topics you might like to hear discussed? One was Tops Update and what that effect of the crazy 2020 year will be. Obviously, it's a, a shortened season, Major League Baseball season, 60 games, two months long, and it didn't start till uh, August. Typically, the cutoff for Tops Update for rookies is like right. July. Yeah, the season didn't even yeah, the season didn't even start until after the 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 unofficial deadline that is traditional deadline for rookies. And the trade deadline was it was September by the time that came along. 
Not right. that I feel like Topps updates kind of geared away from the traded players. Half the sure guys has. who get traded sure don't even show up in the right uniforms. But what do you think we're in for with Topps update? Because it seems to me well, like a lot of the focus rookie-wise will probably be on 2021, but oh, I certainly sure. could be wrong. Um, so I'd love your thoughts on update. Yeah, I mean, it's update is going to be real interesting because of the, like I, you know, I said, you know, US 175, which, you know, for those of you that are not aware, that's, that's the trout rookie, you know, that with that, what, with, with what that has become, we are where we are now with every other base rookie, flagship rookie. Now, the other interesting thing in regards, and it's partially related to update, is that the factory set came out in September this year. Traditionally, the, fact, the, the factory set, which is Series 1 and Series 2, the first 700 cards this year and the last few years, traditionally that set comes out mid to late June. Now, obviously, there was no season going on, as you just mentioned. Now, I felt when they said, and I think it was in April or May, might have been April that they said, oh, you know, the factory set's coming out in September. And I thought to myself, that's real interesting. I wonder if that is a safety net for, you know, the possibility of not even having a 2020 season. Now... The factory set has been a, a smashing success with all the Series 1 rookies and then Lou Bob in Series 2. And then, you know, the added wrinkle of, of the Walmart, different variations and all that fun stuff. Now, as far as update, I heard some rumors. And again, they're all rumors because everything, I guess essentially everything is a rumor until it's confirmed. But I did hear talk around the interwebs about their possibly being prospects in update. Now, like you said, they, they've really steered away in a different direction than traded because you remember it used to be called working traded. And I am a little concerned about this prospect uh, angle because if they do this prospect angle, it's almost, I'm, I'm a little afraid, it's almost like the toothpaste comes out of the tube. It doesn't go back into the tube. So if they have prospects in 20, 2020 update, it could have prospects in the future. Now, if, if you know me, and if you know me for any amount of time, that I am not a fan of prospect cards. I feel that it's an interesting conversation where it's open to debate. Like, if you ask me what's Trout's rookie, I say 2011. Somebody might say 2009 because all of, you know, his draft prospect came out in 2009. Now, when you look around at the other sports, you don't have that problem. If you say, Eric, what is LeBron's rookie? 2003. Eric, what's Russell Westbrook? 2008. Russell Wilson? 2012. 
Sidney Crosby, 2005. Ovechkin, 2005. McDavid, 2015. These are these are not open to debate. But with baseball, Juan Soto, you know, he's in the 16 draft. He's in 18 major league rookies. So that's a big can of worms. So I'm a little, again, I guess frightful is not really the word, but a little concerned that, oh, well, you know, this Joe Adele prospect was in 2020 update. Why is his 2021 flagship his rookie? Because he was in 2020 update, and that's a regular release. And that, you know, that whole can of worms can go in a lot of directions. So I am a little overall concerned about update. Just for that, they have to fill out, you know, they can't put out a 150-card update set. They have to do the full, what's it been, 330 or 350 the last few years? 350, I believe, which is an awful big set when you think about it. Yeah, well, it's essentially Series 3, because Series 1 is 350, Series 2 is 350. Yeah, and in the past, they filled it out with a bunch of guys who made Major League debuts during the course of the season, a few guys who get traded, and then they do their All-Star cards, which there's no All-Star right. game this year. So Home I run mean, derby, yeah, that, you're all losing, that stuff. I mean, there's, what, like 80 All-Stars now? So you're losing 80 <laughs> cards there, plus, like, several home run derby cards. I can't remember how many in the past they've made, but right. uh, yeah, you're losing a lot of cards. And I, uh, <laughs> I mean, I know I've seen stuff about the prospect stuff as well. I am personally, I've been hoping that they will be inserts. I would well, not be they, a fan. They, they've always been inserts, right. I would not be a fan of them being part of their base set. If they do right. like a, a, 25 card prospect set i guess i can live with that though honestly i'd rather not have that i'd rather just push everyone aside to 2021 that you can't get in now the one card that i could see being sought after in this set a little bit is uh randy arizarena he uh his series one flagship card is in a cardinals uniform so they'll probably make a tampa bay Yes, base card and then they'll probably also have his rookie debut i'm not a huge fan of the rookie debut cards but you know they are what they are they're gonna obviously make you know lou bob and bo you know all these guys who did make debuts this year i mean some of those guys made their debut the year before so i guess they won't make them but it's gonna be an interesting well, no, set they'll for have sure. they'll have rookie debut cards for sure yeah they'll have the rookie debut but even trades like not that there were a ton of trades in season, but like how many of them would they even make if the trades didn't go down until September? I understand it might be coming out a little later, but I don't know. People are jumping on the, you know, tops update and obviously prices for virtually every product are up this year, but I'd be uh, kind of careful putting too much money into hobby boxes and right. Well, and all that. with, yeah, especially with what the asking is, is ridiculous. I mean, that's, you know, that's a whole other, you know, whole other ball of wax to talk about as far as secondary market pricing and what it is and what it should be. That's. I personally would absolutely love to open some blasters. It's just a question of whether uh, able to run into some. That'll be the question. Finding them at 20 bucks is going to be the issue. 
I'd Which assume a checklist should be, re- should be released in the next uh, several days, I would hope. But we'll see. Well, theoretically, on theoretically, it's a, it's a, a one week out is usually when Tops has has put out the checklist. Yeah, so it should be coming out this week. I would think. I don't see the uh, actual release date. I thought I remember seeing. Thought it was pushed back. I don't remember. Yeah, it's obviously all over the place. It's 2020, so you know. Right. Every, exactly. Everything's gonna be when it when it's gonna be. November sixth is. is the current estimated uh, release date. I see. So. So I think that is the. Let me. Yeah, a week from Friday. So we'll probably yeah. get a checklist coming on. Potentially Friday. Week, we'll see. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see. But tops update. I just I know I've had a lot of people kind of asking me. They're like, "Oh, you're looking forward to this, this, and that." And I said, "I don't like Alec Bohm, uh Had a really nice showing right. with the Phillies this year, and I said, "I don't think they're going to make him this year." Uh, first of all, if you look at his tops now cards, they say call was, up. It says call up. Then he's not going to have her. Which is the same thing they did in with Reese Hoskins when he made his debut in seventeen. In 17. Yeah. His right. tops now cards were call up cards, and I think that's when it all started with the call up stuff because yep. people were ticked off about it. Like, why does this say call up? And then when you know when the the update came out, he wasn't in it, and then he was in eighteen series one. Correct. So I think that's what we're going to see next year. Now next year could be a lot of fun because what were there like? I think and. I certainly wouldn't uh, take this to the bank. You'd have to look it up yourself. But I feel like at one point I saw something. And this is before the season ended that there had been like a hundred and close to 150 players who made their major league debut this season. I did, yeah, I think I heard something similar as well. And that and means you know, the tops will split them up between the two series. You could see a lot of rookie cards next year, and I'm sure there's going to be other guys who, of course, make debuts next year as well. Now, maybe they'll get pushed back to a tops update or something, but they'll I think spread next, them out between the two series. Next year yeah. could be a lot of fun to, uh, if you like rookie chasing, you know, we'll right. see how they all perform. Of course, it as could also mean you. a Topps Chrome autograph checklist could be like 150 deep and it'd be impossible to. Uh, yeah, that seems to be the norm. Which it already feels that way, as is. Yeah, it's been that way a couple of years now. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, 2020 update. Listen, I always look forward to all the flagship style releases, the base tops. I'm someone who's sure. a who's a Phillies collector, and I I always look forward to the silly things of making those team sets and adding them to my binder. And it's just an ongoing Makes project that me. never ends. And I'm also the kind that the continuity that gets excited for the cards that no one else cares about. Like when <laughs> Blake Parker was in Series One, which I agree is a terrible regular base card, and no one in the world they get a Blake Parker and they probably toss it. But he was the type of guy I was like, they're never going to make a card of Blake Parker. And in fact, he wasn't even with the team when that card came out. He was a free agent. It didn't look like they were going to sign him. But they ended up uh, re-signing him to a minor league contract uh, a couple weeks later. He ended up pitching for the Phils this year. Now, Blake Parker right. was just a you know mediocre reliever. And, sure. I mean, sadly, he was one of the Phillies' best relievers this year. That's how bad their <laughs> season was. But uh it's it cool to get like base cards though. of those guys because like twenty years from now you look back and go oh man Blake Parker I forgot all about this guy yeah and he'll be in your team binder so yeah. uh, I'm always excited to look at that checklist and be like oh they made ten cards I can't believe they made this guy and that guy you know well, I can't believe they made a Neil first, Walker you could be a Ranger fan 
Yeah, of course. Series one, kind of rough for the Rangers fans. Yeah. I guess they had a little bigger checklist. Card, right? They had one card in yeah, Series one. Nick Solak. And then I think they made a few more. They had definitely made – I don't know if they got an abundance in Series two. I, I want to say – I want to say 19 guys. Yeah, they series. definitely got more than most teams, I believe. Yeah. And they had well, the they logo. Had to make up. And then they had the logo for the new ballpark, you know, that no one got to attend yeah. unless you attended the World Series. Right. Well, I said that to a friend of mine tonight. They uh, they've have now have a championship in that building. Congratulations to the Rangers organization for having a championship in your brand new ballpark. The Arlington. It doesn't happen yeah. to be yours. <laughs> no. Well, I guess it could have been worse. It could have been the Astros, you know. That would have probably been been tough for uh, <laughs> I told Texas my Rangers friend fans. That happened, yeah, you burn that building down. It's brand new. You burn it down. <laughs> Listen, I look forward to it. I like the wide releases. I'm actually looking at some samples on the uh, website now. They have a couple. They have Anthony Rendon. and. Uh, well, didn't they put some of those like sneak previews and um, – and one of the top chrome hangers. I don't remember which one. It's a Gavin Lux uh, rookie debut yeah. card, I see. And then a David yeah. Price Dodgers card, who didn't pitch for the Dodgers this year, but I guess he yeah, gets, he opted uh, out. I guess he still gets a ring. I don't. I don't really know how that works. I don't know how that works. Yeah. I guess we'll find out in the future. But yeah, tops update. I mean, I'm looking forward to it. But in terms of pre-ordering, listen, if it comes out and people go nuts over it and the price goes up, it goes up. Right. Um, I just well, I mean, I don't know that I would be super anxious to uh, spend a ton of money on those boxes, and breaking will be tough. No. I think singles or buying a set will probably be the best way to go. I think they're already bringing; they're already being pre-sold, or they're already sold out. Let's see. Let's see. The estimated um, price I see here on a cardboard connection is. And I don't know how often they update it, but they show hobby boxes best price one twenty one ninety nine. Right, and I think SRP is half that. That's, yeah, I was gonna say a few years ago you were able to buy it when it came out for like sixty sixty five. Right. Yeah, I, I and I would be really seriously think I don't think SRP is over seventy five. So that's another, you know, another thing to consider when you know pre-sales and all that stuff started it was based on update being like updated over the last 10 years not you know what it is now yeah it's a one of the big three as i like to call them has them at 128 127.95 for hobby and jumbo at 245 that's i mean that i guess it's maybe it's just me but that is beyond me a little bit that you know, we're looking at almost double SRP for something that no one really knows what it's going to consist of. And at the end of the day, it is flagship. It's not going to be anywhere near short printed. Yeah, and conventional thinking would make you think that there's unlikely to be any crazy great rookies. I mean, you never know. There could be a rookie. Well, they might have. Um, yeah, let's see what they do with the SSPs and stuff like there that. There could be, but like just even a standard rookie, there could be someone who. Mm. was playing in spring training that made a few at-bats wow. that gets a card. Right. Like, but, you but know, that's so, not, not like that Joe doesn't Adele. happen that often, you know. Splash when it came up, right. Yeah, and takes, he's already shown what his 2021 looks like. So. Yeah, it just seems unlikely to have any kind of immediate 
guy, you know, again, you talk about short prints, that's always possible. Uh, parallels, right. of course, of rookies or rookie debuts, I'm sure will be somewhat. Well, they'll after, definitely be, well, they already did it with, right. It's just, it's yeah, not the type of product of the... you open to get like the no. autograph or the hit, like your relics. Aren't no, no, of no. Much value. The autographs are very difficult. They're generally right. sticker autographs of, you know, not that you can't get great guys, but they're, they're really tough. Like, so. Yeah, like the basic, like, it's almost like in the chromium arena. And when I say chromium, I mean Topps Chrome, I mean Prism, stuff like that. You're not opening that for the autographs, really. I mean, it's nice, but you're really opening that for the color. Uh, another thing I wanted to talk a little bit about was, obviously, you're aware, I'm aware. I'm sure everyone out there listening is aware that the hobby has been growing in interest and attention for years, but it has exponentially gone bonkers in 2020. And it's, mm -hmm. we've somewhat gotten used to it, I guess, to a degree in some aspects, even though we still look at prices for tops update and just like, you're almost somewhat shocked that like, why is this product that price? Right. But the hobby's gone crazy. Obviously a ton of emphasis on value, ton of emphasis on, flipping and all that type of stuff. Um, but even for those getting involved in collecting, even if they're buying to collect and they don't have any real intention to sell, there's so much content out there on social media and there's obviously so many cards to choose from that a lot of people are kind of getting in. And of course, it's natural to get in and get excited and you're like fervently sure. trying to make up for lost time or whatever it might be. But really, when it comes down to it, collecting is something that takes a long time. It's not something that you can really put together the collection you want overnight. It's going to take a while. And I think um, long-term projects, that's something that was brought off, brought up by a listener. Um, they wanted to kind of hear, of, hear about some long-term projects that maybe we're working on and kind of the thoughts okay. on, you know, the long-term projects. Just in a general way, you know, why is that? good way to collect and maybe it kind of allows you to kind of check yourself and not kind of go crazy and blow the budget right away or kind of get overboard where you end up getting yourself in a bad place. So it becomes a negative experience rather than a positive experience. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. You don't want to, like you mentioned just, just a second ago, you don't want to overextend yourself. You know, there's the old cliches, the grass is always green on the other side. There's always a bigger boat, all of that stuff. And it's true. And, you know, visiting my YouTube channel or your YouTube channel or any other of the, you know, YouTube channels that have been around a while and, you know, quote unquote established type of YouTube channels. And you're, wow, look at all that. Look at all this car. And I'll just speak for myself at about myself. Oh, Eric, you you know, you have all these, you have this, you have that, you have that. It's awesome. I'm so jealous, you know, and I have to remind people, look, you know, I, I've been collecting for 40 years and, you know, off and on different things. And with a primary focus, the last 15 years of uh, graded rookie cards. Now, you know, you and I could have an entire other episode just on, you know, the whole grading thing. I understand both sides of it. My opinion, I appreciate it. And again, like that's just, we could go off on that tangent for an hour or so, but 
you know, when I'm asked about projects, you know, the, when I'm meeting somebody new, the first one of the, you know, a fellow collector, well, what do you collect? You know, that's, you know, the, the, the vague, you know, broad, open-ended question. And it's great at rookie cards. You know, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't, I like to say, I like to call myself, you know, the, the jack of all trades, master of none. I mean, I, I tell everybody, focus, focus, focus. And I have the hardest time with that myself. But I do like the umbrella of rookie cards, you know, baseball, basketball, football, hockey, soccer. Uh, it's it's all good to me. I mean, I it's, it's always learning. Like I always like to say, always learning and sharing my knowledge and stuff like that. So I'm always trying to think of trying to, you know, trying to uh, zag when everyone's zigging type of thing, like trying to stay out of the curve and try, try to figure out, all right, this, whatever it is, is really either under, not necessarily underpriced, but underappreciated in the hobby at this time. And will that change in the future? I believe so. Whatever it may be. I believe so, which is why I choose to collect whatever it may be. Does that always work? No. But fortunately, from my collecting habits, it's worked more often than not. You know, I see something and I see, oh, well, you know, know, and I'll I'll even give an example right now if you're still listening. Thank you very much. And I've only told a small amount of people that, and that's going to change in five seconds when I talk about it. I recently, a couple weeks back, I watched a, a, of all things, a cigar aficionado interview with Michael Jordan. It's highly recommended. You can search it on your own on YouTube. It was an hour-long interview. Very fascinating. One thing that struck out with me is that Michael spoke about when he was little, huge racing fan, huge stock car racing fan. His father and his, his, his siblings and his father would pile into the car and they travel all over the South going to see NASCAR. He said his, his favorite, his idol was Richard Petty. And I said, oh, wow, that's interesting. Never thought of that, you know. For years and years and years, and I'm sure you and your your circle of friends as well, Mike. NASCAR, <laughs> four lefts, and then four more lefts. You know, dismissed. Not you know, air quotes again. Not a real sport. Well, you know what? It might not be my cup of tea. It might not be your cup of tea. But the sport's pretty damn popular. Now, Richard Petty, his rookie card. It's going to sound weird to say this, but it's, you know, the whole racing collecting thing really didn't even take off until the late 80s. So in 1988, a set called Max came out, M-A-X-X, and I've been picking up a couple of uh, Richard Petty rookies, five, ten bucks each. Not very expensive, but I just find that fascinating that that's, you know, like you mentioned earlier, we talked about goats, greatest of all time, greatest of all time. Richard Petty is, in my opinion, a goat of racing. I mean, it's it's not, you know, again, my my knowledge of, of racing is 
is elementary at best. But I know who Richard Petty is. I mean, that's it's like if I say to you, Mike, you don't like soccer, but you know who Pele is, right? I mean, it's it's not. <laughs> It's not a question like, oh, no, Pele, I never heard of that type of deal. So I think that Richard Petty stuff is underappreciated. And especially when you're looking at 2020 and the grand scheme of everything that's going on with 2020, where every other, you know, baseball, basketball, football, not so much hockey, but soccer, exponentially going up in price, you know, how much am I going to, if I'm spending five or ten dollars on a Richard Petty rookie, how much am I really going to lose? That type of thing. So, it's not too far to fall from five or ten right. bucks. So, exactly. That's the way I look at it. And it's, and again, it's something else to keep myself stimulated in the hobby without breaking the bank, which is really, really tough. Really tough to do. It's kind of interesting, the whole, you know, racing stuff doesn't seem to get a lot of attention, and maybe that's just because, obviously, racing is incredibly popular, um, but I guess the circles of people who have been collecting who are into the baseball, football, basketball, they just don't pay it much attention. I mean, Correct. I, I know in the past when there'd be stuff on the shelf, you could, you know, you'd find like Prism, Prism NASCAR, is it? Or Prism sure, Racing, yes. whichever it was. Yep. Racing, I think yep. last I looked, like, the boxes were still pretty cheap, like below, like ones from a couple of years ago. And of course, I have no idea what the potential contents are. But right. last I looked, they well, were still below retail price. Now that might have changed. No, with the I, I don't think they are below retail, but they're probably as close to SRP as anything Prism makes for sure. The way everything Prism has taken off. So I mean, that's kind of an interesting observation. I remember back when they, because I was a big starting lineup collector back in the day. I remember they. I think they did NASCAR for like two years. They did. They did. Yes. I I remember seeing that. It wasn't like crazy popular, but the people who loved them, loved them. But I think that was probably a regional thing. If you went a little further South, I'm sure the uh, Walmarts and such would be cleaned out. Toys R Us back in the day. Whereas, Mm -hmm. you know, in the Philadelphia region, they'd sit there a little longer than maybe some of the other sports. Actually, I don't even think I remember seeing them here in New York. Like the NASCAR stuff at Toys R Us. I, I, they probably didn't even stock them here. But uh, long-term so, projects. I know for myself, I have the ever, the ever going. It's complete, you know, once a year until the next product comes out. But like my Phillies uh, tops right. all-time team set. That's the type of thing that took me, you know, years to put together to get to the point right. where well, obviously to, you can update go, it year to year. Because yeah, well, that goes all the. You can go. How far back can you go to T206, can't you? I mean, you can technically, can't you go back to, when did the, when did the, well, if you go back to. Well, t- well, for the top set, I just went back to 52. I did like every well, yeah, team but, set. I mean, but in terms of the Phillies collection, that's obviously long term right. and ever going. Cause the A's. I have. The Philadelphia A's. I 1888. Mean, that goes back. Yeah, 1888, exactly. I think is my oldest, uh, you know, Phillies card. So Philly, there's obviously things mixed right. in there and it's just like sure. it's not possible to put that together overnight because no some of them no. are so rare that you only see them once every other year Heck, um, even the 52 high numbers and stuff like that and then the tricky high numbers like the the 66 high numbers are tricky high tricky expensive that people wouldn't 
like at least for me, like I did that for the Mets, and I actually slacked off on it a while ago. But I did from '62 when they first started. I think I have until like 2011 or 2012, and then I just lost interest, like I usually do. But I can always—it's not, you know, it's not a challenge to get the last six or seven years of Mets team sets. But I do remember the one thing that stuck out in my mind is like 66 tops, Choo Choo Coleman, very expensive card, like a forty-dollar card. Yeah, it's Raw. not exactly like it's going to be a gem in or anything either. No, it's it's you know three or four shape. And it was still like 40 bucks raw because it's one of those tricky guy numbers, which is, you know, a whole another topic to discuss as far as even just within the flagship stuff. But even if you want to collect, you know, player collect or whatever, and you're just getting involved, you have to know that it's going to be a longer term project. Oh, it's just without a doubt, unless, you know, you're Jeff Bezos and you just keep <laughs> buying anything you want on the split second. You know, right. there's cost things that are prohibitive. There's time. There's doing the searches to find these items. So I think that's right. a good way to collect, to always just kind of phase in and out. You know, I'm not the type of person that I do check eBay often. I constantly have some items on my watch list. Lately, sure. I've been in the mode of every now and then I add some items and then I just look at it. There's times where i spending way too much time searching around and I'll go in mm -hmm. and out. But I mean, if you're going to collect stuff, you got to realize you're going to, and if you're a new collector, you're going to go through different phases. You're going to be super excited. Oh, yes. You're going to pull back a little bit. You're going to just get distracted by things in the real world at times. Mm -hmm. And your, your desires to collect are going to change a little bit. Sometimes you, you might get into it, busting a ton of wax and then you might, Mm -hmm. make the decision you know what i'm just gonna buy singles then you might get mm -hmm. into grading you may not you may try grading and then decide it's not for you there's just so I many mean, angles and so many ways so to collect. Many. so you're and, just gonna and, evolve and you shouldn't think you're gonna be locked into any no, certain specific and, way to collect obviously speaking for myself and i think even you can chime in and, and agree with this as, as longtime collectors when you think of a new idea, you you go full full bore ahead. It's exciting. It's like like even take the Richard Petty for example. That was you know it's been a few weeks now, but initially it was real exciting. Oh, let me search for this. Let me search for this. Let me check eBay. Let me da 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 da. So you get that rush of something new to search out if that makes any sense yeah the stimulation of something different yeah. you know is definitely mm -hmm. an excitement and i think that's what some people go through when they see you know the new youngest you know stud like oh i'm gonna get in on this guy early before he takes off meanwhile right that's already taken off to a crazy <laughs> degree late. and i actually think that's one of the reasons you know i i do think you know vintage has obviously climbed quite a bit as is but i feel like Vintage, specifically even the lower graded vintage, since everything mid grade and higher sometimes is just out of control now. But people right now getting into the hobby in the last year or so, or you know, they're so familiar with all these rookies and even the prospects, um, and, and people know the stars and they'll collect the stars. But I feel like eventually, if you're going to stay in collecting and you kind of see the rise and fall of a lot of rookies, let's say there's 50 rookies. 
you know, 20 of them are just about out of the sport in a few years. And then you got, Oh yeah. 20 that are pretty good players, you know, occasional all stars. Then you got 10 that are stars, but only like three or four of them become kind of superstars where only a couple are headed in that potential hall of fame direction. You know, it can obviously change with every rookie class, but I feel like if people stay in the hobby, they're going to mature as collectors a little bit and be like, you know what, let me look at some of these sure things a little bit and then kind of move and learn a little more about vintage and get excited about whether it's Hall of right. Famers from their team or just super popular, whatever it is. Um, well, I, I think that that's interesting that you say that because it made me think of something. Like, like I, I fully admit I spend way too much time on the blowout message board but I see people coming back all the time, either coming back or joining, you know, the hobby in general, coming back after a long hiatus or starting afresh new. And they're like, well, you know, and a very, very popular debate, especially with what Tatis did this season. You know, should I buy a Cunha, Soto or Tatis? You know, that's the general, oh, you know, which one should I pick? And I you know, sometimes a little bit snarky. It's like, yeah, collect them all. Because in my mind, you know, especially Acuna, Soto, and Glaber, there's no problem collecting those guys in 18. They're all cheap, especially flagship stuff. You know, they couldn't, like people, you know, I, this might be a sticker shock for some of the, some of the listeners, but, you know, 2018 update, in 2018, you know, for Black Friday, hobby cases were $500. That was the that was the Black Friday price. Boxes, individual boxes. I bought one. It was $55, and it came with the silver pack. That was the going price. It wasn't like I mean, it was a little cheap. I mean, you know, they might have been selling for 85 at the time, but. So it's easy to fall back, like, and you know that ties in with what you said about collecting for a long time. You know, I like to say, like, got new guys coming in all the time. Hey, I want to buy rookies. All right, well, you know, pick a couple brands you like. Me personally, I like flagship, I like heritage, and I like tops chrome. So for any hot rookie, if I have their flagship, their heritage, and their tops chrome in my collection, I feel satisfied. Now, if I go out and I get some other, you know, color or other brands, that's great, too. But, you know, the meat and potatoes for me personally is in those three brands. So you have those three brands and then it's 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 the whole collecting thing. All right. So I've got that now, you know, and again, this might sound weird, like uh, for 19, it was Tatis, Vlad Jr., Alonzo. And uh, who's the fourth? Oh, Eloy. You just you agree that those are the four yeah, they were main the guys. Yeah, they guys in the regular set. Yeah, because update wasn't yeah. as strong. Right. No. So, again, have – and even even in 19, I was able to buy – I have in Topps Chrome Refractor – those four guys, I think I paid forty dollars for all four guys, just to show you how much the market has changed, you know, in fourteen months. I think even, and we talked about this earlier, championship sticker prices. Juan Soto, uh, when the Nationals won the World Series last year, and he was 
kind of right there as potential MVP. So he did perform well. Mm-hmm. Really, the going price for his uh, Chrome rookie in a Gem Ten was like eighty bucks. There might have been a right. handful that went for triple digits, but most were at like seventy-five to eighty dollars. And I know right. that's obviously ballooned way up. You know, sure. So it's twenty twenty has made a hell of a difference. It really has. I mean, it's it's a little, and I always say this: like I, I don't envy anyone who's jumping in now because you. Can't, Man, it, with the price changes and everything, it's just, and that works twofold. I mean, that works, you know, I, I'm a guy who, you know, self-admittedly collects too many different sports. And, you know, for example, I don't, do you, I, I know you're not a collector, but you obviously follow the other sports, correct? I mean, I, I mean, very generally, I'm, I'm not right. a tremendous tremendous fan so obviously right. i kind of know what's but, going I mean, on but i don't right you know who patrick mahomes is I mean, well yeah like... i i do i used to collect more football i, I do collect right. some football i just at some point before the choose. before the hobby went crazy i was just i just went from more 50 50 and kind of geared up to more like 90 95 baseball I've right. actually bought some more football this year just because I was lucky enough to find a few retail products yeah, so opening a few. Right. Mm-hmm. But I, I honestly, when I buy football singles, I'm buying like cheap stuff that most people don't care about. Right. Like so. Well, in in that regard, Donruss Optic, Panini Donruss Optic, up until last year, you, no one really cared about Optic. I always liked so, Optic, and I actually uh, – Me too. That's one of the, the few years that I actually bought multiple hobby boxes of the same product. Mm-hmm. Mahomes rookie year. I think I 17. ordered yep. three boxes. Nice. Got zero Patrick Mahomes. I oh. opened them with my dad and my brother. I, I forget oh. when we got them. It was probably around like – it was late in the year. It might have been around like postseason, you know, playoff right. time. I mean – Theoretically, yeah. I should have probably kept a couple of them sealed. Um, right. Well, but, a wax always wins. But, but yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, it was fun to break them, of course. But but even but that even that optic, perfect... I remember as of like a year and a half ago, I swear, I swear, I saw a couple optics like on discount, like blaster. Yeah. Things. Oh, no and, doubt. And now they're you know, God yeah. knows how much. I think blasters are like two fifty now, or some stupid number like that. Which is just mind-boggling. They were, you know, fifteen dollars fourteen months ago. Now they're two hundred and fifty. I know you've brought up, you know, in the past on your channel, people talking about the bubble, the crash, all that kind of stuff. Sure. And like, obviously, we know there's ups and downs, and it's like that in any type of collectible market. There's going to be mm-hmm. ups. There's going to be downs. My thing right now is like, how long can the hobby sustain itself? from like a wax like like how many people are going to actually like open stuff like is 2021 going to be any different for like I, i'm uh, not even talking about like the hard to find stuff like these right based like i saw gold label for a hundred dollars a box gold label i like the framed autographs i think they're pretty cool mm-hmm. um gold gold label the new version of gold label has never I've usually opened like a box or two per year just kind of for the hell of it. Sure. But it's never ap- appealed to me the way, cause I know what it was like in what, 98, 99. 
98. Yep. Yep. Beautiful set. The new ones are just so the look is okay, but the stock but they're more is paper. so cheap right. compared to yeah. They're just they're just right. not the old gold label at all. Not even close. They were always like forty five to sixty five dollars. Like they'd probably come out for fifty five, sixty five, and sometimes you'd get and them then for drop 45. a little. And right. even when you paid forty five, fifty bucks, usually Struggle. you got a five or ten dollar autograph, and you got some cool cards. So I mean, it wasn't a tremendous loss if you looked at it from that way. I mean, you right. add in the Man, fun fact. I can't imagine opening that product for eighty, ninety, a hundred dollars. Like, well. I just, you know, I, it's just, that's, I think, the craziest part. Not even, like, the it, rise in prices right. of the cards that you can't get out of packs now, but, like. If you think that's crazy, next week, the first week in November, Panini Prism Football is coming out. Hobby boxes pre-selling at $1,000 a piece. SRP is $150. Might be one seventy five now, but they are pre selling at one thousand dollars. How, you know? Who can and again, open it? like, right, like you just mentioned with Gold Label, Panini is making these one thousand dollar boxes that are people are pre selling. This gets a retail price of one. Just make numbers easy, one fifty. So Panini makes that, and they give you probably between eighty and a hundred dollars worth of value because it's being produced on the the premise that it's $150. So now that it's eight times that, seven times that, it doesn't mean Panini is going to put seven times more in the product. So it's it's wild to me that, you know, and you had, you know, the whole, this whole segment, for lack of a better term, with 2021 with wax, you know, it's crazy to say this, but I don't think it's going to change any in 2021 because what's happening is, and at least in my opinion, is these, these, you know, Panini Prism is a top chrome product, essentially. It's not a high-end product. So these boxes are getting, they are getting broken. Make no mistake. They are getting broken by probably by breakers more than anybody else, but they are being ripped. But the prices are just, I just, you know, I don't, and another discussion was basketball, prison basketball. Well, you know, 2021 product, prison basketball, I think is due out in March now. It's way late because everything changed up. I think Panini put out the, they had their conference last week and they put out the projected basketball release schedule for the next season. But the, the big debate on, at least on blowout, has been, well, you know, Lamelo, you know, Lamelo Ball is no Zion Williamson, no John Morant. So obviously, wax is going to be cheaper. No, no, it's not. It's like people. There are legitimately people that believe that 2021 Prism basketball is going to be $300 a hobby box. And you know, anyone who's just paying attention to us right now, I just said minutes ago that. NFL prism is pre-selling at a thousand. There is less than zero chance that an NBA prism box will be three hundred dollars. Less than zero. Regardless of who, who's even in it, it, prism is prism now. It's, it's 
it's just crazy times to, to stop and think about it. I mean, it's just, you know, people are like, well, 2021 is going to be easier on the retail aspect. No, it's not. I just can't, not on these chromium type products, you know, maybe on like, you know, 2021 uh, tops big league. Maybe we'll see that on the show, which is when you stop and think about that now, 2020 big league i haven't seen in in the store in months which is just weird to come at top spire i haven't seen maybe once this year on the i think that's probably the craziest part about the retail scene it's not that the premium products are selling out instantly it's that the lower end products that typically would be you know baseball wise they'd be there into january right like they're just gone instantly it's just like right i mean hey i like alan and ginter but i'm no fool like i know that alan and ginter retail products typically are very easy to find for a long time and actually available below retail uh you know tops fire you know some people love it it's not my favorite thing i'll break a box on camera once a year but you know it's tops fire like big league i actually think tops does a good job with big league but it's a introductory product it's a low-end product where hobby boxes are like 30 bucks so it's just crazy that that stuff is vanishing instantly and i just i must have like a panic attack thinking about prism football i'm like i I don't even want to attempt to look for that retail right i would like to get some but absolutely obviously everywhere is a different thing Uh, anyone who heard the last podcast kind of uh you know heard Ed and I talk about our area is very, very right. bad. Like it's, yeah, it's I mean, uncomfortable. I, it's not. I can. It's not fun. I can, right. I can speak to where I live. I'm on Long Island, in New York, and I've gone to the same. My local Target, as I like to call it, I've gone there. You know, not quite daily, but pretty much daily since 2007, and. Last month, they put up the sign, one item per customer per day. So that's one skew. So that means if you see a, a gravity feed box, you're allowed to buy one pack. That's It's just, these are the times that we are in. And that applies to Pokemon Yu-Gi-Oh, Magic, everything is one skew, and they're and they're, they're funny. It's funny because they're taking like, and I'll never forget. They had they had archives fat packs in the video game clamshells. <laughs> the five ninety nine pack in the video clamshells where they have to take, you know, they have to do the electronic thing to open it for you. And because everyone's like, Oh, screw that. Eric, just go to self-checkout. No, they're at self-checkout. They're, you know, that they're, they're, they're watching you like, like a hawk. And it's as much like, as, as that's a pain in the ass for you. I'm right. sure. I honestly think that's a brilliant idea. And I kind of wish places around here would do it. Because yeah, even a couple when of my limits, friends have said the same thing. Yeah. Well, there's limits, so the stores are not consistent around me. Uh, right. The one, they literally put up a limit sign on the one morning because they knew people were basically lined up to get in there. Right. 
and most people ignored it and just, you know, start checking out. And even though they took, you know, I think their limit was two of whatever kind. So you could get two boxes right. and two packs. Right. And I, you know, guys actually, whoever got in there first kind of basically took charge and actually split things up fairly evenly, which mm-hmm. was more than you could have said for what other guys would do. Yeah. So I, I don't remember what I had. I didn't have that much because I got a huge shipment of stuff in. And uh, like the woman at self-checkout is just like, hey, it's limit whatever. And she's like, I have to take. I was like, whatever. I gave it up. I was like, I'm not going to argue with argue you. Over about it. Of course, it. I'm happy as hell to get what I got. I think I got two of the mega boxes. So right, that's a win. But other guys are cursing and screaming, and just oh yeah, and they're just scanning it out because there's nothing they can do really to stop you. Like they just, it's like if it's in the clamshell, they can refuse it, but they're not going right. to physically, you know, assault you to stop oh, you from scanning yeah, I mean, stuff I, out. Like I've spoken to the to the rep that that she she stocks the shelves and she like she carries she showed but she carries pepper spray because people follow her from store to store and oh what do you got what do you got what do you got. I think we should not, you know, as a community, it's embarrassing. That's one of my things why, uh, like, I just kind of don't even want to go because I don't want to be associated. Because basically it's, if you're not there, like, you know, there's different stores, but there's a couple stores that they're stocked before they open. And Mm -hmm. if you're not there, like, forget it. You're not, you have no chance to get anything. So, I mean, I've done it a few times. But it's just, it's just, you know, eventually this is going to pass. It's a frustrating situation. And that's the thing where it's like, if you're feeling disgusted as a longtime collector, I'm like, how are other people like, what's the long term effect of people, of the random kid not ever, not even getting to walk by and be like, oh, that looks interesting. I like Ronald Acuna and he's on the front of this box of Tops Fire. Like, you don't even have that because it's not there for. Uh, the child to find because not everyone is you know most people don't have a local card shop target or walmart no, is don't. your local card shop right and not you know you're unlikely to be introduced necessarily just online i mean i right. guess with more celebrities getting involved perhaps maybe that pushes yeah, I, did. I think that's <laughs> less likely for like the seven or eight year old to just you know decide oh, they want sure. the cards for sure I actually saw the other day that Dale Murphy tweeted that he was joining a his first group break. It's like that's interesting that Dale Murphy is. Uh, I don't know if it was if he was paid to do so, but it was just interesting to see his tweet that he was talking about joining a group break. <laughs> the only reason I don't find that completely shocking is because he was signing at the Philly show uh, okay. last year or the year before. And for some reason, I don't know why, but Vintage Breaks, they had invited okay. him to uh, be like a guest breaker. And he was like, oh. he was like really interested. He's like, oh, this is pretty neat. Like he, you could tell he didn't, you know, he knew of cards and right. stuff like that. And I guess he had talked about some signings he did with Tops or whoever, but he was like, I think that's how he was introduced to it. That's just my guess. Cause okay. I, didn't, I saw someone, sense. I it might've been you, someone retweeted or mentioned this right. on Twitter I think I did, yeah. But when I saw it, I was like, oh, I just instantly thought back to that, uh, him breaking stuff on vintage breaks. I mean, it's definitely, you know, getting more mainstream where, you know, because, 
you know, you, you know, we all, we both know some doomsayers like, oh, you know, the chicken littles, the sky is falling, it's all going to crash down and burn. You know, everything is, is cyclical and it, it, you know, not everything. And another thing is like another, not, you know, it's not a straight up, it's not a 45 degree angle straight up crisis. Like, you know, it starts here and then at this point it's, it's just a straight line. There's peaks and valleys. Like there were, there were a few people. Like true fact, right now, some LeBron cards have gone down the last couple of weeks. And you know, you got a lot of people. Oh, I can't believe the LeBron cards went down. Don't panic. It's all right. It's part of how the hobby works. They're not playing right now. You know, baseball had the playoffs going on. Football is back. People get distracted. It's all, it'll come back. You don't have to worry that the player like LeBron, you don't have to worry. You know, and, and that's the sign of, of a lot of new people that are in the hobby. They get worried. Well, and typically, usually, you know, in the typical years, not necessarily last year, I didn't see this happen. Right. This is more from a baseball perspective, but mm-hmm. the best time to buy baseball singles was around, you know, mid November. Till at least January, because right basketball and football had the attention, the attention. and people mm-hmm. were spending money on Christmas gifts, and people were spending yep. money on traveling for Thanksgiving and Christmas, and people were out of sorts because of all the holidays. So it was right. It wasn't that people lost exactly. interest in baseball; they were distracted by other things. Now, last right. year the prices. I mean, I'm sure there was some stuff that dropped a little bit, but from following it, I didn't see much of a decrease. No, I agree with you. And I mean, I think this year you'll see a little bit maybe, but it's just maybe but, across the board, but it won't be anything probably even noticeable uh, because right, the hobby is so training, popular right now and things just kind of keep moving spring on. Spring fever but will be huge. I do see that a lot. And like, listen, I mean, that's one of the things why if you collect some of the stuff Eric does that you'll have less anxiety maybe, maybe. Right. Um, obviously, you do collect, you know, rookies wow. and such. Right. But one of the things that can bring ease is if you're not, you know, highly invested in all the rookies who or, you know, who's the most popular Tampa Bay Ray? He's a guy who didn't participate in the World Series, Wander Franco, a guy who has never played right. in the majors. By far the most hobby love. But if you're kind of collecting and purchasing and putting a lot of money into prospects and rookies who are maybe a little older and not all that proven, that's where you have more of that, uh-oh, things are going up and down, uh-oh, this guy, you know, hit 160, uh-oh, this guy, you know, broke his arm and he's out all year. Right. If you focus more on the stars, the you know, the big-time stars and the Hall of Fame guys or the potential, maybe considered greatest of all times. As I mentioned, everyone wants everyone to be the greatest of all time nowadays, but (laughs) obviously you show off some of the guys who are obviously that level player. And I think that's something that sometimes people forget. They think everyone's going to be an all-time great, and it's like not everyone can be an all-time great. It's hard enough just to be a star player in the league, let alone a Hall of Famer, let alone kind of that elevated Hall of Famer, which obviously you know what I'm talking about. Like a Hall of Famer is a Hall of Famer, but there's some Hall of Famers that are certainly on another level than other Hall of Famers. That's correct. If that makes sense. Makes sense to me, yeah, totally. But if you have that, you know, what's going to happen? 
like LeBron yeah, James, you don't have to Tom worry. Brady. They've won their championships. Right. They can build on their legacy a little bit. It would take something ridiculous for anything to be tarnished, and I don't yeah, foresee those things happening. There'd be some catastrophe going on for those guys to crash. Well, believe it or not, Eric, we've talked for over an hour. Wow, really? <laughs> hour and never 12 minutes. Seems like, just goes never by seems like that. Like it it so, really does. So obviously, if you have any other thoughts on the hobby, super, uh, super happy to talk about it. But if not, we'll wrap things up fairly soon. So any final thoughts, Eric? No, you have to enjoy yourself. I mean, it's easy to say that and it's easy to get overwhelmed with everything. You know, you, you know, here we are. It's the end of October 2020. It's a year unlike, you know, I'm 49 years old. I've never seen anything like this. That's not unique to me. That's not that, you know, there are guys older than me that have never seen anything like this. Um, you have to take things one day at a time. You really have to enjoy yourself. I mean, if if you're collecting, you know, if you're investing, like you mentioned before, that's something different. But, I mean, if you're collecting or doing a combination of both and you're stressed out, you know, you have to move on maybe to some collect something else. Maybe try something new. Maybe go to a different sport. Maybe ask Mike's advice. Ask my advice. Always reach out to me. I'm always glad to help in any way I can. You have to, you know, I, for a while I was really into the comics. You know, probably about eight years ago I was really reading into reading comics. And I got to a point where I was reading the floppies, which are the once, once a month comics. And I was reading about 25 or 30 titles. And I... One day I said to myself, it's starting to feel like a job to keep up with all these titles. And I'm not, I, you know, I'm not reading comics because it's my job. It should not be stressful. So I just stopped. You know, I brought it down to three, three titles. And I just found that much more enjoyable. So, you know, if you're, you're collecting baseball and you're frustrated with prices and like we said, the update is almost twice SRP and you that pisses you off go to some singles maybe go backwards try to come up with something something a little off the cuff you know like and don't worry about it like oh you know you you know you don't have to you don't always have to follow the crowd you know because eventually you can go your own way and eventually either you'll be all by yourself or everyone else will actually catch up to you as far as, because, and, and again, it comes back to like the graded rookies. I've been a large fan of graded rookies, base cards. I've been a very large fan for 15 plus years now, you know, and you know, when I tell people the prices I've paid for some of my stuff, they're like, oh, my goodness, I can't believe that. Well, you know, at the time, that was the going price. It wasn't like some extraordinary steel bargain of a deal. It was the going price at the time. You know, so you're collecting. You have your copy. You, you move your focus onto the next thing you want to be collecting. So you have to enjoy yourself. You have to have a good time. And, you know, the hobby is going to be fine. 
the hobby's always going to be there. It's going to be in different forms, different, you know, air quotes, assigned values over the years, but it's still going to be there. And if you feel personally, anyone listening that, you know, you need to take some time off, that's fine. Take some time off, come back. Will, as a community, will always still be here. Yeah, you just got to find out and do what you want to do. And Mm -hmm. it's good to be influenced by other members of the community to get ideas, to think of different ways you can add to your collection. But you also have to make sure you're not just trying to collect what other people collect. You know, Mm -hmm. you got to go with what you like. Just because basketball is hot, if you're not into basketball, then stay away from basketball. Let other people enjoy it. Same thing with baseball or football. Um, I'm a big proponent of collecting like your favorite players, your favorite teams, stuff like that. Like it doesn't have to be high value stuff. Sometimes you'll get a ton of joy out of, um, you know, just collecting guys you like. Just because other people aren't uh, don't consider them worthy to collect doesn't mean you can't collect them. Uh, it's certainly fun to follow the guys that are going right now and, you know, some of the young rookies, but if price becomes prohibitive and if you're getting anxiety over it, then maybe it's time to step away from that and just kind of focus on some stuff that's a little more stable, even guys you grew up watching and such. So, so many ways to collect. It just takes time to find, kind of find your way to collect things. And it doesn't have to be all or nothing. You know, you can collect some sets. You don't maybe have to collect every set or same thing with breaking stuff, especially in today's times. You kind of have to learn to, you know, if you want to break, you either have to put the effort in to find retail, which is tough, or you got to just pick a few, you know, hobby products that you really like and maybe can't do a little bit of everything like maybe you did in the past. So, so many ways to collect and it should be fun. And obviously you can get uh, overburdened sometimes, but you just got to take that step back and make sure you're enjoying the hobby. Eric, once again, appreciate you joining me on this episode of Hobby Talk. Always a great time talking to you. A lot of knowledge for the people out there listening and a lot of fun. So I hope you enjoyed yourself. I did. I had a great time. I appreciate it. And I always enjoy talking talk and shop (laughs) all right everyone if you listen to this on google or soundcloud or wherever make sure you check out some of the youtube channels huge community of collectors on youtube you can check out eric's channel which somehow i don't think we mentioned it's those back pages great channel ton of knowledge ton of experience collecting so check it out i will post a link to his channel on the youtube version of this show my channel is mike o so you can probably Google them out and you'll, I'm sure, find them. So appreciate you listening on there. If you're listening on YouTube, make sure you toss some comments in the comment section down below. And talk to you next time. Have a great one. (laughs) 